Hi, I'm Mason Dukacek, and welcome to the Mason Dukacek Show. Today I have with me Hank Epstein. He's the principal and partner of The Quality Coach, which is a consulting firm based in here in the St. Louis area. And I've had the privilege of working with him and seeing him in action. I think he does some amazing work, and so does his company. And I've really value our conversations that we've had offline and really want to bring some of those to to the public because I've I've valued our discussions and our debates greatly and I think that a lot of your ideas and experience are worth sharing so thanks for coming and, and joining me today my pleasure Mason I'm really happy to be here what I'd like to do is focus just on one little thing and get your thoughts on it in this in this particular case let's talk a little bit about courageous delegation okay. and wholehearted leadership. Mm -hmm. First of all, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about what you consider wholehearted leadership, and then let's talk specifically about courageous delegation. You bet. So uh, courageous delegation is one, one element of a wholehearted leadership practice. And basically what wholehearted leadership is about, it's a kind of leadership that's premised on caring for the followers. It's the kind of leadership where the leader puts his or her self-interest in the background and focuses on the, the interests and the needs uh, of the people that, uh, that they are leading. So fundamentally, that's what it's about. What are some of the traits and characteristics of those type of people? Well, the, the, the fundamental traits of people who are wholehearted, they've got confidence They've also got humility. It turns out that humility is one of the, the character traits that it's almost a prerequisite for a lot of the wholehearted uh, qualities and behaviors uh, that, uh, uh, that there are. And for those of you who haven't uh, seen Hank before, but we've talked about some of these topics in the past, specifically when it comes to humility, humility being defined as someone's willingness to learn regardless of how much they already know. So anyway, but didn't mean to not a problem. pull you not off task there. All right, now, so remind me where we're courageous, going. Courageous delegation. Yes, courageous delegation. So the reason that I use uh, the adjective courageous is it does, it takes courage, uh, particularly because so many leaders got to be leaders because they were great individual contributors. And whether they want to admit it or not, if they're leading someone who is doing a job that they used to do and do very well, in the back of their heads, there's a little voice that goes, I can do this better than anybody. So for them to let go of that and really help and support the person to do what they used to do so well from the perspective of helping them really become masterful at it takes some courage. Do you think there might be a, a, a reverse of that too? And it, the answer may be no, but you think there may be some of those folks that are sitting there going, hey, I, I don't want someone to do so much better job than, than I did because it might make me look bad by comparison. Exactly. That's all, that's all part of it. It's all, that's all wrapped up in you know, this, this wholehearted leadership mindset. Because most of us got where we are because we were great individual contributors, that's something that we just don't let go of. I mean, I might have been doing that job for five or ten years. And I might have been recognized for it. I might hold the record on number of parts per hour, you know, that kind of thing. So there's an ego investment in my mastery of that job that if I don't realize, if I'm not conscious of it and, and I let go of that, it's going to be hard for me to be a, a courageous delegator. 
So it really sounds to me like, you know, in the past we've talked about the, the balance for good leaders between confidence and humility. I mean, it's going to take a special person to be able to have that balance, particularly humility when it comes to, hey, you know, I don't, as, as opposed to being there, one who sits there and says, well, you know, I know I could do that job better or I don't want to be shown up. Yeah. That's why I guess that balance and humility is right. so important because right. it, it could go either way. So the, to find, to put people in leadership positions when that, that, that have that balance is, yes. is, is so yes. important, I think. And for people to understand when they become leaders, that's exactly what you just said is a perfect example of what it means to give up self-interest. The cost of leadership is self-interest. To give up that self-interest and instead take on the challenge of this guy's really good. You know, when I look at him and think about me when I first started, he's got some skills and some sensitivity that I didn't have. So now I'm committed to helping him be even better than I was. That spirit. You know, that's a that's a that's a interesting topic to me because I, I know in sales driven organizations, a lot of times the person that gets promoted into sales management might have been an outstanding individual producer and senior leadership looks at that person and says, well, this person's so much better salesperson than everyone else. Surely they can teach everyone else how to do the amazing things that they did. I mean, they know what the secret is. Look at their numbers, look at their production. And the mistake that so many of them make is that the skills, knowledge, abilities, talents, drive and energy of the individual when they were an individual contributor. It's a whole different set of skills, knowledge, experience, capabilities that are required to be a successful sales manager because those are two totally separate job functions. Exactly. And a lot of times I see these companies promoting people into their own level of incompetence, and it doesn't mean that they weren't an amazing producer, but they're being asked to do something and be something different than they were before, and it's it's, it's different. You bet. And and the context of their being asked is not a very good one. It's not a very clear one. It's not a healthy one. I mean, first and foremost, they need to be, it needs to be explained to them that being a sales manager is a whole nother ballgame. And that frankly, they're going to be, they're being put into a situation where they don't have any experience, where they don't have any demonstrated skill or mastery. But if they are the kind of person who can give up their self-interest and really experience satisfaction and fulfillment from helping others do what they used to do so well and actually be given a conscious choice to do that or not, as opposed to just promoting them. And of course, the people being promoted, look. one of the ways they look at it is in most organizations, the only way I can, you know, make more money is to, you know, is to become, is to get promoted. And the only way I can get promoted in most organizations, is into a position, a supervisory position. And so this opens up the whole, you know, the whole issue of, you know, really giving people a, a clear choice to take that position and also giving them opportunities to be rewarded as individual contributors that are almost as good as what they might be uh, as supervisors. I think there's a lot to the emphasis on courageous delegation because it does take a ton of courage. Like I have seen, um, uh, for lack of a better word, rookie sales managers, people put in that position where, you know, they, that, that it's, it's like, you almost see the panic in their faces because now they realize that they're 
reputation, their income, their job security is no longer tied to their personal ability to sell. I mean, they're not, it's not their personal skills anymore. They have to rely on other people. And if they get the right people and those people are trained in their right positions, then their life can be easy. But if they don't have the right people or they do have the right people, but they're not trained, then their life can be miserable. And I have seen literally sales managers that lack that courage and faith and confidence in their staff go out and literally try to close every deal. Like the, the, the sales manager goes on the, on the big deal calls with every single, because they want to close a the deal. They want to close a the deal because they don't have the courage to delegate and trust that the people that are on their team are capable of, of, of delivering. Right. And, and the, the other part of that that I didn't hear you say, but I think you know it, is it's, 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 it's not only their, their ego and their self-esteem, all of a sudden they're being put in a position as individual salespeople, they were masterful. They knew exactly what to do. They, they knew the customers. You know, they knew how to wine them and dine them. They knew how to talk to them. They knew who needed to be in the room. They knew who the decision makers were. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're having to do all of that through these other people. And they have no idea how to do it. They've not been prepared. They've not been trained. So they really have no skill. So all of a sudden, they're responsible for an outcome for which they have no skill. So hence, they have to be courageous and have faith and trust in the people that they bring on board and that you bet. they train. So You bet. And, you know, we can begin to talk about the details of what courageous delegation looks like, you know, uh, in share another session. Go ahead. Go ahead and share a few of the details. Well, what do you think that looks like? The, the, I, can, I can briefly kind of go Shoot. over it. There's, there's really three elements that, that are required for good delegation. The first element is it's task specific. So, for example, if I'm a new sales manager and I've got rookie salespeople, uh, I might want to focus on the close, or I might want to focus on building relatedness or connection with a client. So that would be the task that I would focus on, not the whole thing. Okay. And then the question is, from observing a particular person, what's their ability? How good are they at this right now, just from wherever they're starting? And how willing are they? You know, how confident are they to, to, to do this? And based upon that assessment, the way I delegate to them is going to be different. And everybody will be different. So most people's ability, you know, if they don't ramp up continuously, they ramp and they plateau and then they ramp and they plateau. People's willingness, on the other hand, that's a crapshoot. It's all over the place, you know. Something could have happened, uh, you know, with, uh, with a client or with a customer, and somehow we got, you know, uh, at odds with each other, and that might need to be cleaned up before we can go any further. So the willingness issue, you know, is all over the place, whereas the ability is kind of, you know, we say, you know, mathematically it's monotonic. It's, it's you know, always on an, upward, on an upward trend. So based on that assessment, the way I deal with that particular person relative to that task is going to be unique. Okay. So basically, let me feed that back to you. So sure. you know, task specific and relevant ability and willingness. What about risk? Well, okay, that's, yeah. And, and so the risk, it's really, it's really a double-edged sword. It's the risk to me if they fail, and it's a risk to them and their self-confidence if they fail. So that's going... You know, my, my sense of that combination of ability and willingness is going to de determine how I assign them the task. 
So I might say, you know, let's go on a, a couple of cold calls together, Mason. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we're going to meet some uh, customers that know me. I want to introduce them to you. Uh, I want them to, you know, get confidence in you. You know, you know, we might do it that way. Uh, if they're, you know, if, if we're farther along in the process, I might. So what it sounds like to me is you're talking about um, giving them some less risky roles first. Exactly. Exactly. Less risky to both of us. Right. right? So in other words, I might not just. Now, I might not send somebody cold into a new a new prospect that I know is potentially a huge, you know, represents a huge uh, much uh, less risk, much less risk, right? You know that kind of thing. So yeah, that's the idea. So we're gonna we're gonna program it. But the most important thing is delegation is not abdication. I'm almost never gonna. That's f- a quote worth jotting down. Yeah. <laughs> Say that one again. Delegation is not abdication. Right. So it, what it means is. I'm not throwing the task over the wall and letting them sink or swim. One of the things that I see with a lot of my clients, uh, particularly these small business owners, that's how they were mentored. You know, they were mentored in a sink or swim kind of environment. And they don't understand when I talk to them about this. Well, you know, it happened to me. That's the way I learned. Why can't they learn? Well, sure you learned. But, you know, how long did it take you to learn? You know, how much did you screw up? How much did that cost you and the boss? You know, so the idea is to to kind of program the 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 challenge in the task to the level of ability and willingness that you assess that the person has. Great. Thanks, Hank. I'm going to I'm going to let it I'm going to let this session end on on that note. I appreciate you coming in. My pleasure. Sharing your perspective and your ideas. And I appreciate it. Look forward to next time. Looking forward as well. Thanks.